0: The volume. Hey guys, it's the Sessions presented by FanDuel. It might be cold, but the sports calendar is heating up, baby, and there's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and so, so easy to use. FanDuel always has exclusive offers, boosts, and more. And when you win, you're gonna get paid real fast. FanDuel has lots of ways to play, like with the spread, money line, over, under, team totals, player props, and so much more. You can jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. And you can combine multiple bets from the same game in a same game parlay to try out the same game parlay plus. Get in on that. And... FanDuel is now live in Maryland, y'all. So use the promo code Renee R-E-N-E-E, and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Disclaimer, 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org for Maryland. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 for Tennessee. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas. 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys. Welcome to the best of the sessions. What we have done is we've combined the best of Tuesday's episode and Thursday's episode mashed them together to give you a beautiful little audio gift for your ear holes. We have some awesome, awesome guests on this show. Cannot thank people enough for taking the time to uh, to come hang out with me, give me a little bit of their time. We give you a little bit of that. We all get to hang out and enjoy it, learn a little bit about each other. Um, so it's really cool to mash these all together, and you guys can get those little abbreviated highlights of both of the interviews throughout the week. Also, of course, if you want to listen the full lengths, you can do that. They all exist. Uh, just make sure to check out all things from the volume podcast network like subscribe turn on those notifications all that good stuff but let's get into it here's the best of the sessions
1: anything i need to know this a free-flowing conversation this is an interview did you research my life what are we working with
0: I reached I researched a few things. I've got a couple things written down. Um we're just going to bullshit. We're just going to bullshit a little bit. Um but first things first, Sanjay, I would just like to give us both a shout out for owning these beautiful fake oh! plants to just really spice up the background.
1: Where did it go? There it is. Yes. <laughs> thanks to the thanks to my wife who this has made it through every house that I've lived in.
0: Hell yes, you know what? You you really gotta appreciate the greenery in the house until you realize they still need to be watered and maintained and then they all die on me. So I've just who has the time? I don't. You don't. I see some dust. I see some dust on there though. Yeah, this could use a little uh a little Swiffer jet situation. Yes. Um as we jumped on here, were you chugging a milk?
1: I was chugging a um a protein shake. So I, I opened the box, but this is the one that had no label around it. So I was like, collector's item or something, you know? What the heck?
0: Maybe. I don't know. That's, I'm, that was bold of you to just down it. It's just like the...
1: That's how you do it.
0: Just Straight shoot it. Here we go. That's
1: how I drink my vodka too, Renee. So, you know, one in the same.
0: Maybe just mix the protein shake in the vodka. Actually, that sounds <laughs> like... That sounds like you would shit your pants 100%. (laughs) Nobody needs
1: to. Are we we on right now? Yes, yes. Oh! (laughs) I thought you were like waiting for an intro or something. Great. This is great. No,
0: we just do it. I do the intro afterwards. uh, Usually when I have a little peace and quiet in the house. So sometimes my daughter joins me and then all hell breaks loose. But anyways, no, we're in it. We're in the interview. We're doing it. Um, How are you doing? How do you function? I feel like. You and I, when we were both at WWE, I didn't really work with you all that much because you came in. You're busy doing your thing. I'm busy doing my thing. So we didn't really cross paths all that much. Now we're fucking in it to win it together, buddy. Yes. I love it. (laughs) I do too. Are you having fun, Renee? I am. I am having fun. And the thing that I love is like I love working with you. I love when Don Callis jumps in on some things as well. I think like the backstage vibe is actually a ton of fun because it's like that collaborative environment that we didn't have before. There's a little bit of panic in the eyes of, like, what are we doing? What are we accomplishing here? How much time do we have? We so, always pull it off. We always pull it off. We always pull it off. And we're always begging you to just give us, like, an extra 30 seconds, which you more often than not can come up with. Thank you for that.
1: I remember last week, uh, you guys, what what happened, Sanjay? You ran away, like, like something important. With, like, you went to put out a fire or something. Yes. And I came back, and I said, I got a 60 suck- seconds. <laughs>
0: We were literally in the middle of about to go live. And Sanjay, just, I've never seen a human being move that fast. I literally, I was like, oh my God, something bad must have just happened. I thought you were running out to the ring. I, I did not know what was happening. And yeah, you, you went to the truck, you got a truck, or maybe you went to Tony, you got us 30 extra seconds, which we needed. So thank you.
1: What I always tell people, they always ask me, you know, one of your first questions, how do you function? Well, it's time management. So I, I knew I had a window of like uh, 30 seconds to go get this done. And bam, did I get it done?
0: You know, we were sitting down to do the interview with Soraya for Rampage. And we're about to do it. And I can't remember who it was that walked up to you. But you're like talking to them about the finish of their match. Then you also still had to go out and do your own promo in the show. Like, how do you juggle doing all of these things and keep your head straight?
1: I really don't know. Um, I, I, just, I guess it comes natural. So, so when I said time management, you know, it, it kind of trying to be funny, but, but yes, it is time management. I, I kind of prioritize what needs to get done. I want to shout out to my team. Those guys are the best. Jeremy, Giancarlo, Danze. I mean, those guys, I lean on them. And what I've always – I had this conversation with one of them yesterday was, look, guys, I, I do my best to give you as much opportunity to empower yourselves to get shit done. That's the only way that things can, can operate here. Um, I, I do my best to kind of give the information that needs to be given, empower these guys to, you know, c- go out and tackle what needs to be tackled. But uh, it, it is, a lot of it is time management, you know. Uh, I, I always joke that I can't walk down the hallway uh, trying to go to the bathroom w- without, like, 10 people. But, sorry, sorry.
0: Because so you're it, the it just- guy. Everybody knows that. Like, not only are you, like, the guy that does have the answers, but you also get shit done. You're very effective.
1: Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. That seriously, that means a lot because uh, ever since I stopped wrestling, it, it was a it was a weird transition. Okay, now I've stopped wrestling. I'm working backstage. Um, is this really what I want to do? You know that 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 sort of thing. And quickly, I learned yes, I I love doing what I do backstage. I'm actually I'm more fulfilled professionally uh, working in a backstage capacity than I did, you know, going out there and wrestling.
0: I mean, you still get to scratch that itch though.
1: I do, and that's a whole different topic that we can kind of get into as well. Because I never thought that I'd be in front of a camera ever again, um, but 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 I feel fulfilled in helping people and getting them, uh, getting them to where kind of where, where I got to, where I got to be on TV, I got to be successful, I got to kind of check off these boxes through my professional career, and, and I want to help others kind of be fulfilled in that capacity and help them accomplish that. And, and I think. I have done that now since, I mean, I haven't, I haven't wrestled now in five years. So for the past five years, I've just been immersed in kind of just cultivating talent, new talent, uh, existing talent, just kind of showing them the ropes and getting shit done. Like you
0: said. Cause even like from my experience as well, like coming into AEW and like, I am on a talent contract, but I also have a producer contract as well. So it's cool to be able to use all of those skills that you've acquired over the years. And like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but when you go from like, kind of like essentially just being on camera, like, you know, when I'm hosting shows and whatever, obviously a lot of prep work goes into those and I'm working with the producers, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm essentially there as like on-air talent. But it's all these skills that you acquire while doing that, that now in AEW, I'm like, wow, I actually kind of know quite a bit about how to make these work and what makes sense and what the shot should look like and what the blocking should be like and storyline-wise, how things make sense, it it is actually far more fulfilling than maybe I even thought that it was going to be.
1: Which is kind of what I experienced. So uh, it it has been now, uh, in 2012 was when I first kind of worked in the office at at, at TNA, at Impact Wrestling. So for 10 years now, like a lot of people, especially if you work with me in WWE, where I was just a match producer, and that is kind of what WWE is, where, okay, this is your job, and, and I kind of, which kind of, it was part of the reason why I wanted to kind of quit where I, I was like, look, I, I think I know in my heart of hearts I can do more than just be a match producer. Um, because before, I, before WWE, I was at Impact and what you see now, uh, I did that at Impact. And, and so I, I, had, I had all these experiences and I got to WWE, it was like, okay, you have this one segment and you're gonna produce it and then that's it. And I was like, hmm, yeah. But I see all this other stuff where I feel like I can contribute. And I wasn't feeling as fulfilled there. But yes, it is so fulfilling to kind of just be a part of every little thing. And like I said, at the end of the day, it, it to me, it's solely being able to help talent.
0: And it's nice to be busy like that too. Even though there's times that I'm like, Sanjay, can you just take five minutes so that I can take five minutes? <laughs> 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 uh, you just doing all of these things and it's, you know, it's great to be busy. And, you know, it's kind of like that old adage, like you want to get something done, ask a busy person to do it. And that's exactly the case with you, but to actually be able to like do all those things, execute them. And yeah, we always pull it off. Like there's always figuring out a way to do it, whether time is against you. Not just pull
1: it off, but we're hitting. Off home run,
0: Renee. You're absolutely right. You're right. You're right. So on like the producing side of things, how do you like switch gears when you're working with everybody, putting together their promos, their matches, whatever, but then you also still have your own promo to go out there and do? How do you make time for that?
1: It's funny you said it because uh, a couple of days ago, and I don't know when this is going to air, but a couple of days ago, we were in Indianapolis, and it was two segments before I had to go out. and Jeff Jarrett walked by. And he said, "Hey, man, you you know what you're going to say?" and and I, and I was like, "Shit, I totally forgot. I got to come up with this promo." So I said, "Okay, well, uh, let me go get with." max and i got with those guys and i just kind of threw something together in my head but it was like that late in the game where i was like, oh shit i forgot i got a kind of promo out there so okay what do i gotta say i it helps that i know where the stories are going and it helps that i know what the story is about uh, i think if i didn't have that Uh, I would have that talent anxiety that we see always backstage of, where's this going? What am I doing? What am I going to say? Whereas I have the, uh, I'm privy to all of this stuff that they might not be privy to. So it helps me kind of formulate what I'm going to say when I'm out there or where I'm trying to go.
0: You don't have time to overthink it. I think a lot of times it's like, you have this promo on the show all day. This is what I want to say. This is this. This is the out, blah, 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 blah. When you don't really have time to overthink it like that, you're just doing it. There's something special about doing it.
1: Absolutely. Just doing it. Uh, I'll use an example. Uh, heading into full gear, we, you know, me, Lethal, and, and Sutton did this uh, Road 2 promo to, to hype up the match with Sting and Darby versus Lethal and Jeff. And uh, it got some love and, and traction online. And I was getting tagged in a lot of stuff and I say, and I was like, what? People like this. I literally thought, gave it zero thought. Uh, I literally looked at lethal and I said, do you want to say something? He said, yeah, I'll, you, you, I'll go off of what you got. So I, I said, okay, John Carlo just hit record and I just spewed it out. And then, you know, a week later it airs on road two or actually it was, it was a countdown show to full gear and, and you know, everybody's tagging me online. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. That, I guess that was good. So, um, I, I, you know, it's different, it's different kind of uh, ways that people prepare for promos. A lot of people, uh, and I know a lot of people that, that work at AEW will write out their stuff, have it memorized, time it to the T and know exactly what they want to say. I just never have been like that. Give me some bullet points. And like I said, thankfully, I know where things are going and I can kind of just riff.
0: What are sort of the pros and cons of those two things? I think as I'm, I have only worked um, for WWE up until this point. That's the only version of wrestling that I know and how that functions in your handed scripts. And we, you know, we know how that goes. But now being at AEW and there's not that, there are definitely pros and cons to both sides. How do you kind of see that?
1: It, It will kind of depend on who the person is. At AEW, there's, and I've told Tony this a lot of times, hey, you know, there's a lot of people on our roster that don't need that extra time to kind of formulate what they're going to say. Um, they can just kind of go, and, and they know exactly what they want to say when the camera turns red. Where there's other people that need extra time to prepare, to know what they're talking about, I think it just depends on who that person is. Um, my duration as a talent, you know, 18, 19 years, was I was never handed anything. This is what you need to get across. Great. So that is kind of how I trained myself as a professional wrestler and cutting promos. Whereas people that go through the WWE system don't really get that luxury. So then when you, I remember your first day, and I went up to you and I said, Hey, how's it feel to have no script? <laughs> yes. And it's like, Fuck, oh, it feels great.
0: So right before I was going out to do the promo with uh, with The Acclaimed on Rampage and you came up and we were doing that promo with Keith Lee uh, and you came up and you gave me all the information that we needed and then you walked off. I can't remember who was standing next to me. It might've been Billy Gunn maybe. And he was just like, that's just how you do it, right? Like you give me all the information that I need. Cool, you got that. You went off to do your thing. I went to do the thing with The Acclaimed and then went to do the promo uh, with Keith Lee.
1: Well, well Renee, to, to, to me, it's like, if we are all here working here, it, it, you know, you, you have a certain talent that has brought you here. So if, if I don't have that trust in you as a talent to be able to do your job, as long as I am empowering you with the information that you need to know, um, I, I should 100 percent believe that you can pull off whatever it is I'm telling you. You just need that information. So once that information is conveyed, and that's why I tell my team, here's the information that we need. Now, you guys all know what to do. Y'all are so talented when it comes to talent production. Everybody is here for a reason. So let those people go out and showcase their talents and why they are here, um, rather than micromanaging every single word and movement.
0: Thank God. Thank God for that. <laughs> OK, so that brings me to my next question. Working with Tony Khan, how has your relationship with Tony been um, from day one to where you guys are at now? I mean, essentially, I, I, I don't know if using right hand man is necessarily the word, but I mean, you guys obviously work so closely together. How has that relationship developed over the time?
1: I, you, you know, right. I don't think that Tony has like a right hand man. You know, I, I think that, you know, we're we're, we're kind of a team. It's, it's uh, me and I got I really got to, you know, talk about QT and, and Tony Schiavone and Pat Buck. You know, I think that uh, you know, we kind of figured out a great way to work with each other and complement each other. And Tony kind of knows what all of our strengths are. So he kind of leans on us on those things. And obviously Tony's, uh, you know, the man, when it comes to booking the shows and seeing, having that long-term vision. So, uh, all together, I think we're, you know, just a great team. Hell yeah. You know, I, I remember having a conversation with Tony. I said, Hey man, I know you know me as a wrestler, but uh, other than that, I I don't believe you know me from a hole in the wall. But this is what I do. This is what I have done. and This is what I am uh, that I can excel at. And and I didn't even want to say, hey, these are the holes that I see here. I just said, hey, look, this is what I can do. And I've done it for years. So whenever you feel like you need to utilize me, bam, put me in coach. And a lot of people don't realize, but uh, that work at AEW. but I came to AEW to do basically like one job as a producer. Uh, And then, you know, six months later, Wait, what
0: was that job as a producer? What was that? Was it something specific?
1: I had come in to help with the backstage uh, shots, being a backstage producer Uh, in wrestling. You have a TV producer, which I kind of feel like I'm a TV producer on backstage. But then when I put the headset on, I'm a wrestling producer. Um, They wanted, hey, we've got enough coaches and wrestling producers can you please help us backstage? And I did that at impact. So boom, I came in to kind of help the, the pre-tape process and the backstage elements of the show. And then quickly three to six months later, uh, you know, i was sitting in Tony's office all day. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't know how that, I don't know how that blossomed. And, and um, I think, I think internally, and uh, you know, I probably had this conversation with my wife when, when I said, Hey, I want to quit wwe and go to another place was hey let me get here and and organically everything will fall into place i'm not going to push anything nor am i going to insert myself into where i don't need to be inserted it will organically happen and it did organically happen where sanjay you have formatted timed and written television take a look at this but just stuff like that so kind of evolved to working side by side with tony and and i love it man I, i always tell people i've worked with uh a bunch of billionaires at this point. So, here's, <laughs> Is here's he your the favorite
0: billionaire? One. Tony? 100 <laughs> yeah.
1: percent. He's my favorite billionaire of all time. Um, but, but but, I've worked with all these, you know, powerful people, the rest these billionaires. And he is like the and, and maybe it helps that we're the same age. We're six months apart. Uh, we have a similar uh, background. You know, he, his dad's a Pakistani immigrant that came here. My parents are Indian immigrants. Um, the, the, there's a relation there. It, it's funny. When I first met Shad. I would just speak Punjabi with him all the time. So, 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 you know, I, I feel like those kind of things brought us a little closer. Um, I, I don't know, man. It just blossomed. And I love it. I love it. I love working with Tony just because he is uh, he's just so approachable and, and he's just like a dude. He's just a cool dude.
0: One hundred percent. Speaking Punjabi, how often do you get to like speak Punjabi and get to like flex that?
1: Every time I was sat in him every Wednesday, oh, you guys do. <laughs> oh,
0: I've never seen you guys speaking Punjabi together.
1: You know, obviously his English is good. He's been here since thirteen or fourteen. He's lived here since you know, experience in the NBA and whatnot. But um I, I understand I, I kind of empathize with him in that he is still in a strange place. He's still uh, surrounded by people that you know, he, he, his sister finally got her visa and she kind of finally got to move uh, to Canada. So she's a little closer. Oh, that's um, but, nice. But yeah, it was, it was great. You know, he was telling me and he was crying. It was a, it was a, it was an emotional moment for both of us. You know, I felt I felt for him. But uh, most of the time he and I, uh, I strictly speak Punjabi. I speak Punjabi to my mother still, um, even though she's been here since 1978 and speaks perfect English. I still speak Punjabi to her.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah,
1: it's a connection that me and Sutton have. And, you know, it, hopefully he can feel a little more at home when he's around me
0: at work. Yeah, listen, when me and my Canadian buddies all get together and talk about our packs and Molson 2-4s, it makes me feel a little more at home. I love it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um,
0: let's talk about Sutton a little bit, though, because, like, he is a grade A human being. Really enjoy him. I mean, even before I was working for AEW, anytime I would be there, I just feel like, there's a warmth about him that you want to like hang out with him. You want to have those conversations. Anytime I have my daughter there, he's always trying to grab her and she's like, she actually, so we had Nora out with us when we were in Newark my mom maybe had Nora out by the ring and she wanted to get up to see John and, and Sutton came and picked her up and handed her over to John, like just like swooped her up and handed her up into the ring to John. And she didn't know who was grabbing her. She turned around she was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> but he's just, there's like that. <laughs> it's a Shrek. Yeah. There's just like, there's such a sweetness to him. Um, I, I truly adore him. Um, what has your experience been like working with him? I mean, obviously the things that you just kind of rattled off, but.
1: I love him. I love him as a person. I love him as a, as a professional. Um, me and him have obviously this bond where, um, we're both from the same place with the same background. We speak the same language and there's not many of us in professional wrestling. That connection kind of brings us together right off the bat. We have this connection and he wants to excel at this. You know, he really wants to excel at this. And Lethal and I have kind of taken a hand in kind of cultivating his in-ring stuff whenever we can. Um, anytime there's uh, tag matches with he and Lethal, he he hasn't had a singles match, so uh, we're getting to that point, but I think we're getting real close. Anything we show him, anything we tell him, he soaks it up. He uh, utilizes the stuff that we tell him to utilize. Hey, do this differently. And I didn't think that that would be the case. Uh, I've worked with other uh, Indian giants in WWE, and that was not <laughs> the case at all. Uh, so, you know, experiences with him, it's cool because I always tell people yes, he's seven foot four. Yes, he's a giant or whatever we want to call uh, somebody of that stature. And he's got size 20 feet, but he's an athlete. Like, that's the difference between him and anybody else that uh, of his size that has gotten into professional wrestling. He's a legitimate athlete. So anything that we show him or tell him, bam, he pulls it off. And I love that. And I think that he's got such a bright future in wrestling. He's 26, Renee. Let's not forget that. He is a kid. So I always kind of keep that in the back of my mind every week when, when, you know, we're, we're kind of talking with him that, Hey, he's still a kid. He's 26 and he's soaking in this new world um, that he probably had no clue about before he stepped in it. So for him to excel this quick uh, in something that he probably never even watched uh, as a child, that's, that says a, a lot about his character and his athletic prowess.
0: What are you having him watch? What's some of like the tape that you're getting Suttonham to view? I mean, I can imagine some of the obvious, but.
1: I will say this. Paul White has taken a, obviously, a kind of an interest in, in Suttonham. And and uh, they have kind of. Hit-
0: got that giant yeah. heat. Don't get that right. giant heat.
1: But, but they kind of hit <laughs> it off. They, so so yeah. when it comes to like tape study and stuff, I tell Suttonham, whatever Paul tells you, Just listen and do that. So, uh, and I appreciate Paul taking that time and effort and energy that he expends with Suttonham because, you know, there's some days where uh, Lethal and I just don't have a chance to get in the ring with him, but Paul does. So I've kind of told Suttonham, hey, Paul will be your ticket to success if you just listen to what he's telling you to do. He is experienced. If there's anybody in AEW that can empathize and sympathize with uh, Suttonham's issues and problems and kind of excelling at something like this. It's Paul.
0: No, 100%. I mean, what are the odds of being able to like show up somewhere and you've got Paul White there to be like, oh, I can actually tell you exactly how all of this stuff works and what's going to work for you, what's not, et cetera.
1: Exactly. So so that's why I tell something a lot of times is, look, Lethal and I will tell you our perspective, but our perspective is going to be way different than his. His perspective and, and his insight will be more centered and geared to you. So whenever he wants to sit with you, just sit down and listen and soak it all in.
0: The learning tree of show. Get up under it. It's the place <laughs> to be. Um, for you to be reunited with Jay Lethal, what were what were those like first few moments like of you guys being like back in business together?
1: When he first got here, um it, it, it took, I I would say, maybe four or five months before we got linked together on television. Those first four or five months that he was here, I was just like happy that my best friend in life is here next to me and we get to travel. And before that, you know, it was once a month he would fly here and spend the week or I'd fly to Tampa. So now I was like, hey, we don't we don't got to do any of that. Just we'll see each other every Wednesday. You know, so uh everything that i say about him uh, on tv is true uh he's a godfather of my kids he's my best friend he's my family so then when tony comes to me and says hey i got an idea i want you to manage lethal on camera i was like what in the hell are you talking about man and he says, like, oh, i got another idea i'm gonna put you with Sutton Singh." i said what that the the, the seven foot Four giant basketball player, <laughs> I, 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 I so, ah, uh, well, uh, okay, let's fucking go. And I, I'll be honest, if it wasn't lethal and if it wasn't Sutton, I probably would have told Tony, no, thank you. Um, I had no aspirations to be in front of the camera. Uh, not, not something that I ever wanted to do. I knew that that was behind me, but to work alongside my best friend in life and to help uh, a fellow. Countrymen such as Suttonham, uh, kind of be the key to uh, the success of professional wrestling in India moving forward. Sign me up. Um, It's awesome. It's it's not work, man. It's just it's so much fun. Um, I'm looking at a picture of Lethal right now. You know, so it's 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 fun. Just I'm with my best friend. That's not work, man. Being alongside those guys, I couldn't have wrote this story, man. It's 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 indescribable how actually uh, fun and happy and fulfilled I am.
0: To be out there with him. Um, okay. We are officially recording guys. Brody King here on the sessions podcast. It's happening. I'm pumped about this, but you just hopped on the zoom call. Um, you just dropped your kids off to school. What a doozy it is getting out the house with kids, huh? Like what is happening? What well, it takes, it takes like a lot of like emotional endurance You've got to be able to carry as many things as possible. Like, it's a shit show out there. What? How was your experience this morning?
2: Today was pretty smooth sailing. I mean, really, the only hiccup is that they wanted waffles before they went to school. But I feel like you have to account for at least an hour before you have to do something. You know, if they have to be at school at 10, you got to get up at 830 and start everything. You got to be at 830 just to mentally prepare yourself for what's to come
0: you need to give yourself like that mental prep time. The other day I was, uh, everything just hit the fan. Like our our, our nanny wasn't able to be here. So like I just scrapped my day, which was like totally fine. I was happy to do it. I love being able to like hang out with my kid, obviously, but I was like, let's go on a hike. Let's get out of the house. I was near tears by the time I got in the car. I was like, we need to get some boots on you. We need a jacket. I need to pack some snacks. I need to bring all these things. So I'm like, and I think it's like, the city person in me that does not like to make multiple trips in and out of the house. I want to do it all in one go, which just stacks the odds against me. (laughs) I'm like six water bottles, 10 jackets, a backpack. Like I had all this stuff. And then I got out to like our driveway and John's truck was just parked too close to mine. So I could not get Nora in the car seat. I (laughs) nearly flipped my shit.
2: Yeah, those little things that just make you a full mental collapse. And it's like, this was not that big of a deal.
0: I know. You get in the car and everything's settled. And you're like, you've already flipped your shit. You're like, okay, time to just compose. And then I think, I'm like, did any of my neighbors just see me like storming in and out of the house having a meltdown?
2: That happened to me last. It was either last week or the week before. Uh, It was raining. So... I got them all ready. Uh, they were waiting to get in the car. I had their snacks and milk, and I was going to the car to put it in. And my daughter was about to take a step out onto the porch with her socks on. So yep. I like hopped back up on the porch and I just ate shit. Like my foot <laughs> oh, no. came out and I was full back bumped on the porch. Cereal went fucking everywhere. <laughs> then it's just like, I'm trying to like not like lose my shit at that moment. So I just like stood there and was like, uh, uh I uploaded the video to TikTok. So, you know, ring, uh, ring cameras <laughs> for one thing and that's for people falling on the porch.
0: Oh my God. Fan that you put that up, you posted it. Oh yeah. Oh, I missed it. I need to see that. That's amazing. Oh my God. I love it. It's so funny too when like that moment happens and you're just like you don't even get mad. You just kind of sit there stewing in your rage. That's that's when it's it's really, really bad. Um, I feel like I can't picture you actually getting mad. What does mad Brody look like?
2: (laughs) Uh, You know, I feel like most people can't picture me being happy, which is why it throws them off when I'm in public.
0: It's funny kind of like leading up to this interview. um, And as I'm like always trying to like book guests, figure out what we're doing on the show, blah, blah, blah. Like so many people are like, you got to get Brody King on. Like, I feel like you are like a favorite of the boys. Everyone loves you.
2: Well, that's, that's awesome. I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I just have, I don't know, I have some good stories and I have a lot of life experience, I guess.
0: <laughs> That's true. You do. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know these stories firsthand and we're going to get into them. Um, but yeah, you are a very layered fellow. Um, so that being said, let's start with a little God's hate your band. Um, how just like kind of walk me through the hardcore music scene and what like your love of that is creating a band. Cause as much as like I've been uh, in and around it, I understand to a degree the hardcore music scene, but I want to know from your perspective where like that love comes from.
2: Music has always been around. My dad listened to like black Sabbath and like heavier alternative music, like raging Against a machine tool, stuff like that. Um, when I was in middle school, uh, so this was like, 97 98 99 ish when i started getting into uh like punk rock music so i started getting into bands like rancid uh black flag afi offspring that kind of like forged my pathway through like finding punk rock and like all those ethos behind it and then i also liked you know metal music like slipknot and stuff like that which hardcore music is kind of like both of those melded together and it's just a more aggressive punk, uh, more violent punk rock, if you will, and uh, that that kind of always spoke to me. And then when I was in high school, like I really started going to like local hardcore shows and punk rock shows, and you know, I found straight edge through hardcore music. And what
0: is the correlation between that between um, hardcore music and, and straight edge?
2: I mean, it was created in hardcore music.
0: Okay. I did. See, I didn't know that. I honestly mostly know about the straight edge lifestyle through professional wrestling and obviously the guys that are associated with that.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, like, obviously, you know, people don't drink and do drugs all the time. We're like the common misconception, like when people are like, oh, I'm kind of straight edge. It's like, no, you're not. It's like, it's more of like an ethos and like a badge of honor than it is like, you know, this is what I am. It's like, this is like how I live my life type thing. And it comes from you know, the ethos of punk rock and hardcore music. So it's like when a normal person is like, I'm straight edge, you're like, yeah, it's okay.
0: No, you cannot be a part-timer straight edger. You're either in or you're out. Shit or get off the pot.
2: And from there on, it was just kind of all consuming. I mean, I've been in and out of bands for 10 years. Uh,
0: Always hardcore?
2: Always hardcore, yeah. I met my wife through it.
0: Oh, cool. Okay.
2: Up until wrestling, Hardcore was my life.
0: So I was watching some of the videos like of your band, of you guys doing like live shows and stuff. Like it is very physical. Uh Holy shit. (laughs) Like, and you're saying like, oh, you like meet friends there and it's like this really great environment. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'd get my ass kicked if I was there. Like, how do you like physically... I mean, obviously, on the physical side of things, as a professional wrestler, you know what you're getting into, but you were having people, like, grabbing at, like, your neck and, like, launching themselves into the crowd. Like, you're dodging people left, right, and center. Like, that's pretty nuts. You you get, like, beat up at those shows?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that get beat up at those shows. But
0: Oh, my God.
2: Uh, it, somebody put it this way the, the other day. They're like, it's a safe space to do very unsafe things. Uh, and that was, like... <laughs> You know if it wasn't for hardcore and punk rock music i'm pretty sure that i would have ended up somewhere much less enjoyable uh you know because you can go to these places and you can get out that that angst or whatever emotion that you have in you and like if you get in a fight that night that's what happens if you know you can release yourself how you feel you need to kind of uh within you know there is like obviously sort of like guidelines and rules to it but like it's all very loose. From an outsider looking in, you just see a bunch of people basically fighting each other. You know, I've been knocked out by like some of my best friends. And it's just like you just get up, brushed off and you keep going.
0: Like I saw this one dude like in the circle of all of the chaos happening. And he's just like twirling around and like throwing basically Judas effects to everybody. I'm like, this, what's this guy doing? It's crazy. But hey, you found your spot. Love is love. And it's great. I just like, I, I just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I guess like was curious watching like how that all exists, how you fell into it. So great. Uh, what else are you listening to?
2: So my main things are pop music, like my yearly rap uh, spot. Oh,
0: what was on there? What is on your yearly rap?
2: Number one was Dua Lipa.
0: Me too. I don't know if she was my number one, but she was definitely ranked for me. I love that Dua Lipa album. It's so good.
2: Yeah, and my kids are, like, obsessed with Cold Heart, her and Elton John, so that, like, it's, like, all the time. But, yeah, I think my top five were, like, Dua Lipa, AFI, uh, and then just hardcore music. So it's, like, E-Town Concrete, Gridiron, King 9, stuff like that.
0: (laughs) I just got buzzed on the, the little chat here on our Zoom call that you're a big Harry Styles guy. Is this true?
2: I do like Harry Styles, actually, yeah.
0: Who doesn't? What a dreamboat that guy is, huh? Very hot he is such a babe there's like that like androgynous charm about him plus being british just adds to that his fashion is amazing songs are great i'm i'm a big fan
2: yeah i'm a fan of people that piss off normal people so it's like him dresses and everyone is like you can't do that it's like why not
0: yeah walk the red carpet and own that shit it looks great While we're talking Harry Styles, do you think that he spat on Chris Pine at the thing? What do you think was all the drama with um, Don't Worry Darling?
2: I don't know much about it. I just know that he was like seemingly having like a mental collapse and like the press release of that.
0: Everybody was so bizarre.
2: Maybe that movie just pushed a lot of people to their limit.
0: Did you see that movie?
2: I haven't seen it yet. No.
0: So you worked in the film industry for quite some time. Yeah. What did you do?
2: 15 years. Yeah. I, I was a lighting technician um, based in Hollywood. Uh, my dad did it. My grandfather did it.
0: Wow. What movies did you work on? Drop some names. Give me some of the, give me some of the goods.
2: I worked on like all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, I worked on, like a bunch of Marvel movies, uh, a lot of TV shows, Um RuPaul's Drag Race.
0: Wow. These are like the name drops of name drops.
2: Yeah, I got the I got to do some cool stuff.
0: Who was your favorite person to work for or like being on set with and like you you know you mentioned some of these like movies, shows and whatever. Those are like some big name stars. It's always really interesting being around people like of that stature of people that like still remain really impressive when you see them on a set like that. Who are some of the people that were like really cool to be around?
2: Johnny Depp is really awesome. Like he's very social and like the production crew tells you like not to talk to him because he won't stop talking to you.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh Tom Hanks was really cool. Like there's definitely a lot of cool people. And then like the people that you would think are cool are just like not at all.
0: Were there conversations that you were having with people when you're like kind of rubbing elbows and shooting the shit like this, that, that like professional wrestling gets brought up?
2: Sometimes. Yeah. It, it was funny because when I was in Ring of Honor, um, I was working on the show The Neighborhood that's currently on CBS, I think, uh, Cedric the Entertainer Show. A couple of the people that are on that show, a couple of cast members, uh, found out that I was a wrestler and they were just like super interested in that. This is like right when I got signed to Ring of Honor. So I had a couple indie dates. There was a GCW show in LA and uh, I was like, hey, do you guys want to come out to a wrestling show? And they're like, sure so what a
0: show to bring them to come on out to gcw mdk baby
2: it gets better so they come to the show and it was the show that david arquette wrestled Nick nicky
0: oh no (laughs) stop oh my god so what they must have freaking like oh we know david arquette great let's watch it cut to like 10 minutes later
2: yeah i don't think that they realized that like david like almost died in the match but like they were like that was insane. Like, I can't believe David Arquette was here. And like, then they were like also like, you know, blown away by like me being a wrestler. So it was like, you know, I, we go back to set, they're like bragging to like Cedric, like, yo, like you got to check it out. And It was funny. Cause like, uh, this was at the time where like AEW, I think first started getting TV and first started kind of blowing up, you know, to everybody. And they were like, yo, you got to get on this AEW stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I want to like <laughs> It was funny. And like now, like we still follow each other on social media. And It's like when I got announced for AEW, they were just like, yo, what's up? Like, like kind of gave me props for that.
0: So being a performer yourself, but then also working like behind the scenes on all these shows and stuff like what kind of inspiration were you able to draw from sitting? I know those are like long kind of boring days, but when you're like kind of watching those people work and like the who's who work, were you able to like pull some inspiration from some of that?
2: Not really. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess like like it just like knowing that anything is possible, like you I kinda like I feel like I know how to make most things with less. Whether it be like set designing or like prop building, stuff like that. Like there's always a way to do something without a budget. For instance, the other day like I had to make like a like a sponsored video for somebody and I was like, I need to make this look cool. And it's just like in the middle of my basement, I just took like uh this old china cabinet i have and then like an old card table and i put some like led lights into it and it's like everyone's just, like where were you like it looks like a western like saloon i'm like i oh, was just in my basement so it's like you, you know you just make it work with whatever because you have to be on the fly and like you have to make things work quickly in in the movie industry
0: um in the wrestling industry set wise what are some things that you would like to spice up Are the things on like the, the main set, like from like the tunnels that you walk out, something there that you think could look really cool. Or even on like the backstage set Are those conversations that you've had at all um, with Tony.
2: No, not really. I mean, like, I feel like, you know, stuff like, at like the fan fest and stuff. I feel like we can really, there's a lot of room for improvement there just to like, give the fans a better experience of like, not just having like concrete walls and stuff. I feel like, you know, pipe and drape goes a long ways and you know filling the empty space uh you know if there's just like a wrestling ring in the middle of a giant room it helps a lot um you know for shark week we had the giant shark cage and there was like some like aquatic stuff like on the stage i feel like you know for the theme shows we could do more stuff like that it just adds something else to look at and something else to like be like oh that's different
0: i feel like you need to have like two contracts i think like you need to have like the pro wrestler contract but then also like on like the set design team Get the man paid. I'm open. Um. Okay, so you're in the hardcore music scene. Um. That started pretty early on for you. You said like, you know, 96, 97, 98, somewhere in there. You're a third generation set designer, lighting, all of that. When did pro wrestling sort of make its way into your world?
2: Uh, when I was 26 years old.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Basically, uh, I was doing set lighting i was touring with my band you know i was making good money but i didn't like love my job you know at the end of the day it's like you said it's long hours very physical uh it's in a nutshell it's basically just construction
0: it's a thankless job too right yeah
2: i feel like every crew guy when i'm like walking out i i try to thank like all of them that i walk by and they all just look at me like was he talking to me You know, I just want them to know, like, I've been on this side. I know how it is. Like, you guys are doing a great job. And I feel like uh, a lot of my peers maybe don't think about that on a daily basis. Like, these guys are making, you know, a, a normal living wage and, like, working their asses off. And they're there before we're there and they're after we're there. So, it's like, they definitely deserve more praise, I feel like.
0: And it's not like their local crew that's hired, right? These are guys that are still traveling the same as everybody else is. They're away from their family. I mean, yes, sometimes there is local crew brought in there, obviously. But like a lot of times it's like those those behind the scenes crew people are, yeah, they're traveling the same grueling schedule that everybody else is.
2: Yeah. And it's like, you know, these are the guys that, you know, in the heat of the moment, you're barking orders at and then they just make it happen. So it's like, give them a little thank you on the way out.
0: <laughs> Honestly, For real. Give a little love to those guys.
2: So yeah, I was, I was doing set lighting, not really loving my job. I was with my wife. We've been together for almost 11 years now. You know, she kind of was with me through the whole thing. I started set lighting when I was 18. So it's like, I started very young and making adult money when you're very young is not always the best thing. And I I, I think that a lot of pro wrestlers can vouch for that as well. It's like, you're just kind of a shithead. You think you know everything and like you burn a lot of bridges. And then like when you move out of your parents' house and you get real bills and then you're like, oh, fuck, like the phone's not ringing as much as it should be. But I need to start, you know, making amends and, and putting my head to the grindstone. And I started like figuring it out. Um, I bought a house and like we were doing great. And then I was just, my one of my friends started. uh his girlfriend was an in arena host for the LA Kings.
0: Is this Carlin?
2: It is Carlin. Yeah.
0: Love her. What a dream boat that chick is. Big fan.
2: So, Carlin's doing in arena hosting. She meets this older wrestler and he was like, basically, Hey, if, if your boyfriend wants to, you know, run the ropes, take a bump, whatever, I can, I know a school that I can take him to. And, uh, her boyfriend, Colin, is my best friend one day I he's posting photos of him running the ropes and I'm like, what hat, like, how are you doing this? like pro wrestling was like probably my first love, like teenage mutant Ninja Turtles, He-Man and pro wrestling. That was like, (laughs) so it's like, I, I always used to say like I wanted to be a pro wrestler when I grew up, like when I was in high school or junior high, people would be talking about whatever. And I'm like, I want to be a wrestler. It's so, like, but I never knew the steps to take to get there. I didn't know the wrestling schools. And then, like, you know, when you kind of start to grow up, like that kind of goes to the back of your mind, and you don't think about it as much. But that, like, kind of sparked an interest. I was just like, well, I want to try this, just to try. It. So uh, we went to our local wrestling show. Uh, it was Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy, and uh, they were having a student showcase. And the next day I signed up for their beginner's class.
0: When you think of like the base of it, of like, oh, I want to be a pro wrestler. But like, how the hell does somebody actually accomplish that? If it's not a thing that's right in front of you and tracking down the schools and then like actually putting in the work to do that, it's not this hobbyist kind of thing. You're like really seeking that out. I find that really fascinating of like what those first steps are, that first day taking that first bump, finding the first person that like really took you under their wing. Like I find all that stuff. So fascinating.
2: My pro wrestling experience was, I feel like very old school. Uh, My trainer, Joey chaos, he never wants to put out a product that isn't ready to do an entire match. So I can't call a match, call on the fly, stuff like that. Um, So my pro wrestling training was about a year and a half before I had my first match. And even then I, I felt like I wasn't ready. So it's like, you know, I know that there's a lot of kids that go to, like, these, like, three-month schools or whatever, and then they're, like, working on TV. I'm like, oh, boy, I would have been scared shitless. But, yeah, those first days were, like, definitely eye-opening. Uh, you know, obviously the cardio, the physicality, like, the physicality was fine. Like, as far as, like, taking chops, forearms, bumping, like, stuff like that, I've done that forever. Like you said, I'm getting hit in, the, in a mosh diving off the stage and nobody. It's like, yeah, I'll take a bump. We started like learning dives, like my lucha coach was like, hey, who wants to try it first? And i was like, "Oh, I'll do it. And I just did like a toe pick on heel, like a flip dive over the top, like right away. He's like, how do you know how to do this? And like, we started talking and it turns out that my lucha coach was actually like in hardcore bands.
0: Who knew that was such a transferable skill? <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> I mean, I didn't at the time. And then it's like the selling yourself as a professional, like all these things I learned from punk and hardcore music. So those lessons were truly invaluable. And I didn't realize at the time that I was, you know, learning these things that were going to like set me up kind of for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's so funny how like certain things like it was like the seeds are like planted and then it all just kind of comes together like in that big like Oprah aha moment. Which leads to you working with Malachi now as well. Like working with House of Black. You guys just kind of like re-emerged on the scene. What was that time like for you guys not being on TV and having that little bit of a break?
2: I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to take a break because I felt like I had a lot of momentum at the time. But not just that. I felt like I was really uh getting in my groove in AEW and like really showing like who Brody King the professional wrestler was. I got to wrestle Darby twice i got the rest of john and it's like i feel like those three matches really put me on the map like where people were just like oh he's just like malachi's sidekick to like oh shit he's like a threat and those were the moments that i was waiting for it was never like me questioning if i could do it it's like when i can do it and i feel like that it all came at the right time and i was worried about it taking the momentum away but we made this return and it was awesome and the whole crowd was like standing on their feet and i feel like it was almost like we didn't miss a step and i feel like that's really rare in wrestling because fans are so i don't want to say fickle but like they they forget about you quickly for them to give us that reception was was awesome
0: i think of like when you debuted with AEW and like, what a huge reception you got. I do feel like you like landed on the scene. Everyone was like, oh shit, Brody King's here. This is amazing. And then like seeing you paired up uh, with Malachi just made like perfect sense. Like I definitely don't think people thought that you were just his sidekick, but for you to be able to have those singles matches and yeah, really kind of like solidify yourself, plant your flag was fantastic. So with House of Black, what, um, what do you guys want to accomplish? What's the plan?
2: Us versus everyone, you know? Kind of like how we live our lives outside of the world. like me and Malachi both come from hardcore music. He kind of dips more into like black metal and stuff like that. Whereas I stay more kind of in my lane in hardcore punk and like death metal adjacent.:
0: Does he do like Scandinavian death metals? you'd stay more like European with it?
2: Like as far as like black metal, that's like a little out of my range, and I just don't really care for it. but the aesthetics of it are really awesome, and which is where we draw a lot of inspiration from as well we have like the same thought process when it comes to like the world and like how we conduct ourselves and like you know we're we're very much on the same page when it comes to that so it it makes it easy when we're coming up with like concepts of like how we want to look how we want to present ourselves and i feel like when it comes to aew we are delivering a product that they don't have and i feel like wrestling we're delivering a product that nobody has people that have like the spooky gimmick or whatever you want to call it but it's like this is authentic to us like this isn't us putting on a costume pretending to like the music that we like we have deep knowledge on all things of what we're doing you know malachi reads all these weird old books on witchcraft and like black magic and stuff and it's like i'm constantly reading comic books and play magic the gathering and listen to alternative music so it's like We never want to present something that we are not actually involved in.
0: Thanks so much for hanging out with us, guys. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed the week, enjoyed the best of the sessions. You guys can hear the full-length interviews um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Just uh, download them, give them a listen, give them a like, a review. And if you want to see what you're hearing head on over to my YouTube page. Just search Renee Paquette. It's all up there. And you can see us talking, having this interview, having a hangout. It's all up on there. Um, And that's been like a really great, cool, growing community. So I'm really enjoying the hangouts on the YouTube as well. So we can see you guys over there. And jump in the comment section, you know. Jump in. Chime in. Leave a comment. Uh, We like filtering through them all, reading about them. Maybe even like, I don't know some constructive criticism if you had it. We're all ears. God, did I open up a can of worms by saying that? I don't know. Be nice. Be cool in there. This has been The Sessions.